Please stand by for a special podcast from Two Works For You. And welcome once again. I'm Chief Meteorologist Mike Collier from Two Works For You with the podcast today talking about hawks and hawks and hawks and hawks and hawks. More hawks. We're going to have fun today talking about hawks. Why are we talking about hawks? Well, we're talking about hawks because we have a hawk here at the station. Now, we don't take care of it. It's naturally here on its own. It is a visitor of ours each and every uh, spring. Uh, with uh, spring season, you know, comes thunderstorms and, and new life with uh, things blooming and, and growing and being born. And I have the honor today of being joined by uh, Miranda Adams with the GM Sun Aviation Research Center. Miranda, thank you so much for joining us today to talk about hawks. Thank you for having me. All right, so we have old Ruby, the red-tailed hawk. At least that's what I, I know of her. Um, and you are, you look, I'm not the expert. You are, correct me, every time I'm wrong. Is it a red-tailed hawk? Am I right to assume that? Or is that just something I've, I've named it myself? Well, I actually haven't seen the hawk myself. That's a good point. <laughs> that's a uh, plus one on that one. But red tails are one of the most identifiable hawks that we have here in Oklahoma. They're the largest species that we have year-round. And they have some characteristics that make them pretty easy to identify. So most likely it is a red-tailed hawk. I feel pretty confident it is. I've, you know, I'm going off of last year's memory. I haven't seen Ruby personally yet. Uh, I've, I've seen her nest uh, on our camera system. So she's out gathering things right now. Uh, but in years past, it has been a red-tailed hawk. And uh, Ruby's been a fan favorite. A lot of viewers have watched. Now, uh, there's been conflicting reports. Some saying, well, that's not the same Ruby is it possible that this has been the same Ruby over the past couple of years? It is very possible that it is the same Ruby that is okay. coming back year after year. Um, that being said, though, red-tailed hawks will take over another nest if it's been abandoned. So it could be somebody moving into that sweet new place that's already <laughs> set up for them. Gotcha. Uh, but there's a good chance that it is Ruby coming back. So Ruby is a uh, beautiful hawk. And kind of walk us through the process of the of the hawk giving birth and and you know what that entails for the hawk uh, over the next couple of months <laughs> well first of all hawks don't give birth okay so <laughs> they lay <laughs> eggs <laughs> hold on hold on i think i've got it yep okay so i'm gonna play this every time i'm wrong all right so let me ask you give me more details on ruby then <laughs> Uh, okay, so red-tailed hawk courtship is actually quite interesting. It starts with a beautiful kind of uh, aerobatic aerial display where the male and the female, they soar up into the sky and then they'll kind of circle around each other. Sometimes they even grab talons and they'll almost like fall to the ground. And that's kind of how they show their affection sure. for each other. Um, after that, they'll lay their eggs in a rather large nest being a red-tailed hawk so they have one of the larger nests not quite eagle size but it's still quite impressive yeah it is yeah uh, sure. they can have uh, a couple eggs up to maybe four okay um, and they usually have those right around this time so late february through march uh, it actually only takes about a month for them to hatch okay and then about a month after that you're gonna have a fledged red-tailed hawk Wow. Okay. So the eggs are not there yet. The The nest is fully, we've seen her, him, him or her. <laughs> it's most likely going to be the female hanging around the nest the most, but okay. they do take turns. Okay. So they're prepping now, yeah. right? Okay. 
So they're kind of nesting. Yes, they're nesting. <laughs> oh, pun intended on that one. Uh, so uh, over the ne- how, how long till we see eggs, do you think? Yeah, so the eggs should be coming around any day now because okay. um, they're going to be hatching around mid-April. Sure. So what I've noticed over the past couple of years, and I feel sorry for these hawks because uh, we it's always during severe weather season. And I mean, the storm's blowing and, and the rain is just coming down crazy and, and old Ruby's just hunkered down there. Uh, but these are pretty resilient animals, right? Oh, absolutely. And red-tailed Birds, hawks so especially, they're found all over North America. So they're going to be up high in the northern states where it's going to be way more cold. They're going to be down south where it's a lot hotter. So they're extremely resilient. That's really cool and really fascinating to see. Now, once the little baby hawks uh, are born, uh, hatched. we hatched. Yes, <laughs> hatched. Thank you. See? that's why a weather guy i stick with weather most of the time uh so we see these these little birds are hatched now sadly it doesn't appear that all of them make it to the end there Uh, tell us about that process yeah so it is nature and nature is all about competition Mm -hmm. um so the eggs they're not laid all at the same time a lot of times one will be laid one day and then another will be laid the next day, which sure. doesn't seem like a big gap in time. But when you're a baby bird and you're growing as fast as you can, mm-hmm. that can lead to a really big size difference. So a lot of times those older birds will just kick the younger ones out of the nest. And that's advantageous for them because then they get more food. They get more support from their parents. They're going to be more successful. Mm-hmm. So. That is nature. <laughs> it's yes, that is nature. A lot of people are like, well, well, that's horrible, but that that's just the circle of life and the process of life, um, you know. And of course, these little birds, they are fighting for food. Um, you know, I I've seen at times where uh, I, I'm going to be a little graphic here, and I hate to say this, but the the smaller one does not make it, um, but it does end up becoming food, a food source. Is that uh, pretty typical? Waste not, want not. <laughs> Okay, I had to go there because it's been noticed. and But then we see, it's really fascinating to see what type of food Ruby brings to the um, to the nest. And I mean, we've seen squirrels, snakes, all sorts of things. I mean, is really anything fair game for Ruby? Absolutely. So red-tailed hawks are what we call a generalist. So they're going to eat anything that they can get their hands on. So that can be anything from mice up to squirrels and rabbits, but also snakes and frogs and even large insects. So they will eat anything. Now, people are concerned about maybe their small animals, like their pups at home. They sh- Should they be worried about uh, Ruby? I would not be overly concerned about household pets. Uh, you have to keep in mind that a red-tailed hawk, they might seem like a very large bird, mm-hmm. but they're going to weigh three pounds max. Wow. And most of the time when they're out there hunting, they're not just looking for food. They're also calculating. What are the chances that this is going to hurt me ah. if I go down and try and catch it? So a even a small dog or a household cat is a sizable threat to a red-tailed hawk. So they're going to leave them alone. So they're pretty smart then. They're extremely smart for a bird. They still got bird brain. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes I have bird brain, so I (laughs) totally get it. I can relate. Um, So Ruby, um, how old do birds or like hawks typically live till? Yeah. So a red-tailed hawk can live to be 20 years old in the wild. Wow. In captivity, they can live to be in their 30s. Wow. That's amazing. That truly is. And so we have Ruby. Um, h- how long are they 
able to, to lay eggs? Uh, so once they reach maturity, which it does take a couple of years for them to um, be a mature adult red-tailed hawk and start their courtship, kind of perfect their nesting um, behaviors. But once that's done, they will nest up until they're done. <laughs> okay. Wow. That's impressive. I mean, I've learned so much already about uh, old Ruby, the red-tailed hawk. And, and uh, you know, we, we always laugh sometimes because we don't know and we think, oh, this is Ruby's son or daughter that eventually came up and in in far as the the birds that have hatched um where do they go off to where do where do they run off and away to or yeah. do they hang do they hang close well for the first couple of weeks they actually do hang around uh the nest for a while for two to four weeks uh while they practice their flying while they practice their hunting because they're still learning mm -hmm. from their parents but after that there's actually not a ton of data out there about hawk dispersal rates. Okay. Um, they could go really anywhere. Gotcha. Now we noticed that you know the the um, here's on the here on the right the hit the wrong button once again. So is it the the feathers that begin to grow on them, or is it their fur, or what is it? <laughs> it's feathers. Feathers. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I got one right. Finally, it was over four there. Um, so the feathers begin to grow. We notice that. And then they start to try to learn to fly. Now, mm -hmm. one thing is they're really high up. Okay. I am scared of heights. What is the process there in getting their, their wings per se? Because it doesn't look like there's much room for air. <laughs> yeah. So once they're ready, they know they're ready. Their parents are, are going to start encouraging them to fly. They're going to stop feeding them and they're going to start just kind of doing like drive-bys, dropping food off. Uh -huh. And a lot of times, you know, it'll be like outside the nest. So it's like, get up, go and get that. Um, and then they're testing their, their feathers as well as their muscles. So it takes a really strong pectoral muscles to be able to have that sustained flight. So for the first little while, they're not going to be going very far. And it mm -hmm. might seem like they're falling a lot. And that's because they are. Oh, and I mean, falling to their death. <laughs> no, no, they're no. usually pretty good. Even if they hit the ground, you know, uh, they're extremely light. Um, so a lot of times they're not damaged and the parents will still continue to take care of them even wow. when they're on the ground. That's that's truly intriguing. Now, are most nests really hot? Because I mean, our tower is pretty high. Are those where most of the, the hawks nests occur or they could occur anywhere? Yeah, so red-tailed hawk nests are typically going to be at the highest point um, in a tower or a tree. And that's because that's where the red-tailed hawk likes to be in general. Could be, they want to be able to survey around them. They want to see what's coming. They want to have the best view for looking for food. So that's sure. why you will often see them on telephone poles or at right. the top of a tree. It's because they're, they're looking, they're surveying, they have incredible eyesight. They can see eight times better than we can. That's amazing. So, you know, I've run a lot and on the trail on top of the telephone pole, there's a hawk that just sits there. And most likely, what is it looking for? Yeah, so it's going to be looking for probably small mammals running around in the grass, so mice, rabbits, voles, things like that. Like I said, they can see eight times better than us, and they have, like, almost tunnel vision. So the center of their eye really magnifies things, so they can see right through those blades of grass to see that movement, see that small mammal, and they're just waiting for an opportunity to swoop down and grab it. So let's, uh, you know, Napoleon Dynamite talking about the talons and it, tell, okay, wait, here we go. Do, do hawks have talons? Yes, they do. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. I get nervous now asking these questions. 
So these talons, they're pretty strong too, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So hawks are what we would call a raptor. And that comes from a Latin word that means to seize. So they use their feet to seize their prey. That's where the talons come in. They're extremely powerful. They're extremely sharp. Excellent. Okay, so I got to ask you about GM Sun Avian, Avian Research Center. Did I say that all right? GM Sun Avian Research Center? Yeah. So tell me about uh, the Sun Avian Research Center and, and what you're about and what you uh, are here to help out with. Yeah, so the Sutton Center is a avian conservation organization. We're a nonprofit that was started in the 1980s, um, and we originally were created to solve the to save the bald eagle. Okay. Gotcha. Um, so back then, thanks to DDT, mm-hmm. uh, the bald eagle was functionally extinct in the lower 48 of the United wow. States. Um, so what we did is we actually went to the last remaining population, which was down in Florida. We collected eggs. We brought them back to our center, which is located right outside of Bartlesville, right here in Oklahoma. Right. We hatched those eggs. We raised those chicks. And we released them into the wild with the idea that bald eagles like to return to where they uh, first took to the wing, where they first fly, to raise their own kids. You know, they come back home. Sure, right. <laughs> so, and that's what happened. So we released these bald eagles, and we didn't just release them here in Oklahoma. We released them all across the southern United States. Wow. And they came back to raise their own chicks. That's and awesome. now we have over 200 bald eagle nests right here in Oklahoma, thanks to our work at the Sutton Center. That's awesome. That is so cool. So there's a high probability that if I see a bald eagle, that it's because of you all. Absolutely. And we can actually trace that back using genetics and confirm that. That is so cool. That is awesome. Now you all are working with hawks now too, right? Uh, So we do a a little bit of everything when it comes to avian conservation. A lot of the work that we see with hawks right now, it's actually um, due to lead poisoning. Oh, wow. Um, So lead education is one of our major projects. And how is that coming about for these birds, the lead yeah, poisoning. so lead ammunition is the major cause of lead poisoning in bald eagles as well as other raptors because when a hunter uses lead ammunition, mm-hmm. parts of that ammunition get dispersed into that animal. So the deer that they're hunting, when that gets left out in the field, these birds, these scavengers come and they eat those bits and pieces. Ah. And there is no safe level of lead that can be consumed by an animal and even people. So for hunters, or what, what can we do to help out uh, our environment? Yeah, so it's actually super easy. You okay. just swap out that lead ammunition with copper ammunition. Oh, there you go. Yeah, and it's actually better. It's cleaner. Okay. It's more efficient, and it doesn't poison animals or your family. Hey, well, that's a win-win for everybody involved. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. I, I think I've learned so much now about hawks and their hatching and uh, their talons, so I can pass the quiz now. Thank you so much for joining us today. We appreciate it. Thank you so much.